What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Hitters Only Podcast. I got a couple of sponsors I wanted to uh, shout out before we get started. Coming in first, I would like to give a shout out to Pate's Bush Hogging, located in Las Casas, Tennessee. Um, you can call him for any of your tractor needs. He can drag driveways, he can bush hog, he can groom your pasture. It always looks very good. I've used him several times. He happens to be my father-in-law, so I am a little biased, but he is one of the best in the business in the Las Casas area, I will say. And he travels a little bit outside of Las Casas, so just give him a call at 615-962-5859 for any, any tractor work, uh, dressing up a, a gravel driveway, and for sure any bush hogging needs, he will take care of you. And that is Jeff Pate with Pate's Bush Hogging. And you might also... Hear him go by Bush Hog Mafia. Him and his uh, business partner, Guy Matthews, they uh, go out together and tackle big jobs. So, hey, no matter how big or small the job is, give Jeff a call. And uh, if he can't do it, he'll find someone that can. So, that is Pate's Bush Hogging. Coming in next, we got um, Wendy with Knockout Nails. And like I've said in the past, guys, if you want to buy some lovely nails for your lady, your lady friend, your wife, whoever, maybe you want to daggum dress up as a drag queen for Halloween. I don't know. Um, whatever you want to do with them nails, but they are beautiful stick-on nails, and they're actually made with real nail polish. And you can go to cluseknockoutnails.com to order any kind of nail that you would like. They have a plethora of options and that's Cluse with a k-l-o-o-s and then knockoutnails.com all right guys <clears throat> with the hitters of the day first of all how's everybody doing are we powering through i hope everybody's having a good start to the week i know it's been a little hectic for me i'll get into that here in a little bit I just wanted to get us rolling today with some hitters. Got some good ones. One coming in at number one is uh, Larry Fleet with Earned It. He just, um, that's a song on his new album that he just released, Earned It. And my wife actually brought that song to my attention. For some reason, I thought I had heard that song before, but I had not. So Earned It by Larry Fleet is a really good song. Y'all listen to that. And taking it back in time a little bit, we're going to go with Baby Got Her Blue Jeans On by Mel McDaniel. That's a country classic right there, folks. And coming in last in number three, certainly not least, but last, we got Turn It Up by Whiskey Myers if you got to get jammed up. If you got to get hyped up for the ride into work today, hey, play that one last. Hopefully you're pulling into the parking lot. When you, you crank that sucker, sucker on. I turn me up. I turn me down. So those are the hitters. Earned it by Larry Fleet. Baby's Got Her Blue Jeans On by Mel McDaniel. And Turn It Up by Whiskey Myers. And I'm going to go ahead and jump straight into the quote of the day. And um, this is actually something I thought of myself. So I don't know if it's somebody else's quote. Could be, could not be, not sure. But um, it's live life for the people you love and that love you. 
So that's simple enough, ain't it, folks? You know, I like to live my life for the people that I love and that love me back. And um, I think that's a good way to operate and a good way to go. And, um, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons that I I started this podcast uh, is maybe to have more of an outreach to the people that I love and um, care about. And uh, just because I don't know you that well don't mean I love you. I try to love everybody. Try not to have any enemies and uh, try to keep everybody in the friend zone, if you know what I mean. And doing this podcast, one of the things that I've um, valued in it up to this point is that it makes me more responsible with my words. And, uh, you know, you can't just get on here and say anything. And I'm trying to be better about not shooting from the hip. I've been known to do that. I think that started early as a child and you know sometimes you you say things too quick you don't think about it think about something before you say it you know you just want to you want to be responsible with what you say and this this is helping me do that think before you speak that's always that's always a good thing to do i got some good news back from um my daughter's school she won her first dance-off at daycare. This is huge news here in the Haynes household. We are very proud parents. This is not necessarily a dancing family. I would like to say it's a singing family. We ain't much of singers or dancers up in here. We'd like to be, but hey, Sonny is turning a new chapter in the Haynes family. At least in this section of it, my mom can sing like an angel. I'm sure she can dance too. I try to dance. You know, I get out there on a daggum wedding night. You know what I mean? I get out there. You know, if it's an open bar, I get out there. But hey, Sonny won a dance competition. You know, hey, I don't know. I don't know what the competition's like with one-year-olds, but I think she stepped up and she jammed hard and she won. I would like to have a video of that. And, you know, that's just really getting me jacked up for a um, what's to come. I'm assuming that I'm going to have to attend some daddy-daughter dances. Oh, yeah. We're going all out on the first one. Whenever that is, I don't even know what, a, I don't even know what grade they start doing, them suckers. But it's going to be a big deal. I'm talking we going out to eat. I might even show up. Me and Sonny might even show up in a limo. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna wear a crazy suit too. Something like you know, y'all know the baby blue and pink suits and dudes were wearing on Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I'm talking something like that. Something like that's gonna be going down. So that's getting me all fired up for these daddy daughter dances in the future. If Sonny's already winning dance competitions, you know. Speaking of Sonny, we had a uh, we went on we went camping this last weekend and. I was pretty jacked up. We always go to Edgar Evans in the summer. I've been wanting to book this certain spot at the campground. And it's always booked because it's one of the bigger spots. It's very private. And so really, really, really early, like six, seven months in advance this time, I booked uh, this camping spot. So I was really excited. I, I I worked my tail off on the camper last week. Had to reseal the roof, had a couple of leaks, had to pressure wash it, sprayed that sucker down with bleach. I mean, spit shined her. She looked amazing. I mean, I pressure tested it before we left. 
check the tires, check make sure all the all the uh, everything worked on the AC, everything. She was ready to go because we have had some camping fails. We have had some camping fails. And I was determined that this time was going to be the perfect trip because it was hot. It was like 98 degrees this past weekend. And, you know, we always go out on the lake. So, and we have cold AC in the camper. So it's not that big of a deal. We're used to the heat. We're outside people. Anyways, I took off early on Friday from work, zipped home, spit shine the old camper, hooked up to it. Mama helped me load the camper up all day with food and She's always good. She always loads all sunny stuff in the camper. And boom, we took off. As soon as she gets off work, we're gone. We get there. We set up. You know, cook a little dinner. And had a good time. Put Sunny to bed. Me and me and Kaylin had a good good conversation out on the um, outside of the camper that night till about 1030 and called it. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, Sunny wakes up and she's upset and it's very odd for her to wake up and not, not go back to bed. So she ended up sleeping with me and she woke up on Saturday morning with a fever. So long story short, we really had no choice but to uh, pack up and come home. You can't have a kid, a one-year-old with a fever, with a fever camping in um, 100 degree weather, so... Had to pack up and come home, but it actually kind of, in a way, was a blessing. There were some really nasty storms that came through that area Saturday evening, and which I had no idea that that was coming. And I heard it pr got pretty nasty up there on Center Hill Lake. I heard there was um, recorded like 100-mile-an-hour winds, and some of the marinas got damaged. So, you know... I'm glad I wasn't up there for that. So, you know, we're going to power through. Sonny's going to get better. So, hey, you got to take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. That's how it rolls. So, but, you know, we got back home and we've been taking care of her. And we've been, you know, we had a decent weekend. And um, <laughs> last night I um, wanted to end the weekend, you know, with a little treat. I didn't feel like I got to, because when I, whenever I go camping or on a weekend trip, you know, I like to, I like to treat myself with, you know, something I usually don't eat, maybe a little sweet, maybe something a little, a little nasty, a little fried chicken or, you know, something good. So last night I made the odd mistake of mixing um, cookies and cream ice cream with crunchy natural peanut butter. I don't know why I do these things. But I mix them two together. You know, that goes well with vanilla. But cookies and cream with peanut butter, I mean, it wasn't bad. But, you know, come on, man. Anyway, I was sitting there in the recliner eating that. And Kaylin was like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't whip out the ice cream in front of her. And she walked over to me. And every time I took a bite, she'd look at me and hold her mouth wide open like a little baby bird. <laughs> Like a little baby bird. Like I was just going to drop a little worm in there for her. So don't eat uh, ice cream in front of your kids, you know. Have more respect than that, guys. But, man, yeah, the um, the cookies and cream peanut butter combo did not sit well in the stomach. It it definitely had me a little jacked up by um, by the end of the evening. But, hey, that was the weekend, and it was a good time. And, um 
I got back on track Monday morning. And look, I packed me a healthy lunch like I do every day. You know, I usually pack a thing of meat, maybe a boiled egg, some some kind of vegetable, and maybe some cottage cheese or something. And I don't know, why can I not wait till lunch to eat my lunch? Does anybody else struggle with that? Every day, I take my lunch at 11, and sometimes my lunchbox does not make it past like 9 a.m. Because my rule is, whatever I put in my lunchbox is what I get for that work day. And it's fair game for me to eat it from any time between 5.30 and 2 o'clock. And usually that lunchbox is getting opened at like 7.30, and the contents in that lunchbox are gone by about 9 a.m. And that drives me crazy. I don't know why I don't know why I can't wait till 11 o'clock. Because then by 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm daggum starving. Self-control, man. It's, it's tugging at me every day. And with food, I, I basically have none. Guys, I've gone, I've gone through phases of my life where I've literally left my debit card at home on purpose so I did not go out and eat lunch. That's when you know you got it bad. That's when you know you got it bad. You got to purposely leave your lifeline, your money at home so you don't go out to eat for lunch. Hey, whatever you got to do to stay fit, you know what I mean? Well, the other day I was at the grocery store getting ready for uh, this camping trip and I got the text of doom I got the text from the wife saying pick up some Lipton onion soup oh boy I've struggled with this chore before it's one of the hardest items to find men if you ever get that text of or call from your wife saying pick up a pack of Lipton onion soup know that you are in big trouble if you refuse to ask people for help like I do so I looked up and down aisle four, which is the baking aisle, baking and seasoning aisle, for way too long, probably realistically 15 minutes. Could not find it. Started looking, I was like, maybe they're out of it. Started looking in places where it should be. Could not find it. There was even a group of employees in the aisle having a good conversation, but I didn't want to bother them, so I didn't say nothing. I didn't ask. And I said, you know, I'm just going to finish my grocery shopping trip. And then I'm going to readdress this Lipton onion soup mix at the end. Maybe I'll see it on the way. Because what I like to do is start in the vegetable aisle and then zigzag all the way through till you get down to the end where the cheese and beer is. That's how I do it. And then boom, hit the cash register, boom, you're gone. And I got to the very end, and I had no Lipton onion soup mix in my cart. And it started to uh, sink in on me what I was going to have to do. And I did what any man would do at that point. I used my lifeline. I had to call the wife. So I gave her a ring-a-ding-ding and asked her where it, would be, where it would be. And, of course, she didn't answer. And then I knew I was really in trouble. So I did what any man would do after they get denied by their wife I called my mother and she said yeah she goes yeah it's in the soup aisle 
instantly kind of felt like an idiot. Also, why is Lipton onion soup in the soup aisle if it's not actually liquid soup? It's seasoning. But my mom's like, no, it's in the soup aisle because it's a soup. And I was like, I disagree, mom. It's, it's not a liquid. It's not in a can. She was like, yeah, but it's soup mix. Like, you can add, like, beef, beef broth or just water to it, and it's an instant, like, onion soup. And I'm like, I don't know. That just, I don't know anybody that has just mixed up a Lipton onion soup pack in some water and been like, mmm, good soup here. Like, that's a seasoning. That goes in, that goes in casseroles, people. If you ever eat at a potluck after church or something, there's a 99% chance somebody brought a casserole with that stuff in it. You ain't an aunt, a mom, or a grandma unless you got like a whole box of the Lipton onion soup in your pantry. It's irresponsible not to. So I bought like four or five boxes of that because I ain't running out. Because there's a good chance that I'm going to forget. This is kind of why I'm talking about this. So next time I know, it's in the soup pile. And it was even, it was next to the chunky soup. So guys out there... If y'all ever need some help, that's where it is. It's in the soup aisle next to the chunky soup. Because apparently Lipton onion soup mix is a soup. Trash. And that just made me realize, like, men are not good at grocery shopping. We like to think we are. Because we're always, every man that I know that grocery shops, they say the same thing. They go, oh, I'm in and out. I get what I want to get. And I'm gone. It takes me 25, 30 minutes to grocery shop. It takes my wife an hour and a half. Well, that's probably true. But what I've come to realize is my wife takes an hour and a half to grocery shop because she actually like look, look looks at how much things actually cost. I mean, if wheat bread is on the grocery list, I don't know which wheat, like... Some of them have, like, little seeds on top of the crust. Some of them look darker than others. I don't know. So I just start looking at prices, and then I get lost in that. And I'm like, I, I don't, uh, two ninety nine looks good to me. Like, I don't know. So I just, I just grab stuff. And I'm even worse at online shopping. I bought two chickens one time, and they ended up being, like, chicks. I put two whole chickens in my grocery cart on on an online order. I get home, whip them suckers out. They could both fit in the palm of my hand. They're like cracked corn chickens or something, whatever the heck that is. I mean, folks, I'm talking the smallest chickens you've ever seen. The tiniest little butterball you've ever seen. I didn't even, I mean, that's cruel and unusual. Anyways... Men don't don't belong in grocery stores, I've come to realize. And um, another food fail that I had this past week is I tried to make smash burgers. I don't know if anybody's tried to do that. It's kind of been like an online trend where people, you know, they always take the videos of them doing it on a Blackstone. And the idea of a smash burger is you you put your um, your burger patty into a big ball and you put it on your Blackstone uh, griddle and you let it sit there for a minute and then you smash it down real thin and you can do it with like 
like a press, like an iron press, or what I've seen people do is they do it with the bottom of a cast iron skillet. So, and you can put like wax paper on the bottom of it and then just smash it down. So that's what I did, and it worked, and I was I was pretty pumped about it. But honestly, I was looking at it, and I was like, hmm, I don't think that's going to hold together when I try to flip them suckers over. And they did not. So we pretty much ended up eating just ground beef. So, and you know, you always see videos of people making smash burgers, but you don't ever see videos of people eating the smash burgers. So I think what you have to do is make them very small where you can easily flip them over. And then smash burgers are an instant double burger. There's no way you can... Because if I would have melted cheese on top of them, I think they would have held together. For some reason, I think I'm getting onset early dementia. I could not remember to put cheese on top of the burgers here this summer. Every time I take them inside, I'm like, all right, they're done. And then people are like, oh, you didn't put no cheese on them? I'm like, God, mm. You would think that would be one of the top priorities on making a cheeseburger is bringing the cheese out there. So, I don't know. I would like to say in other news right now, but my wife put me on blast. She said, you know, you, every time you talk about something new, you say in other news. So onward. I had a, an amazing array of green lights the other day leaving work. I had to leave work in the middle of the day and come home and get all my um, secure documents to get my real ID. Folks, if you haven't done that, you have to get your real ID before 2025 or you will not be able to fly on a commercial flight. And all it is is an ID. It's going to have a little star on it stating that that is your real ID. And you have to get that with uh, certain documents. And you have to bring two proofs of ID with your name on it, like a passport and your current license. And you have to bring two proofs of your residence so that can be like a car registration and maybe like a water bill or anything with your name and address on it and then uh, something else oh yeah you have to bring um, a form of something with your social security number on it so just bring your social security card and boom you can get your they're calling it the real ID. They passed this back in 2005, which I'm sure is in wake of 9-11 when the Twin Towers fell. I think it's just a way to make flying more safe so people can't. Because I'm pretty sure the terrorists that uh, were on those planes had fake IDs from Tennessee. Or I think they actually had real IDs from Tennessee because... I think back then it didn't take much to go get a driver's license. You could pretty much just go up there and apply for one and get one. So I think they're trying to make that more official. And you will not be able to fly in a plane if you don't get that done before 2025. It was supposed to happen in 2020. And, of course, COVID delayed that anyways. So y'all go get your real IDs. Anyways, um, so I, I went – the my job was making it so we could – go and do that in the middle of the day and of course I forgot all the documents that I needed so I had to run home in the middle of the day and I was a little bit of a time crunch and man I hit five to six green lights in a row don't you love that god I love that I mean I left work boom 
green light. Got up around the square. Boom, green light coming across, coming across Broad Street. Boom, another green light crossing Middle Tennessee. Boom, another green light crossing Rutherford. And boom, hit another green light straight onto Halls Hill all the way home. And there was a couple others in there that I hit. And I really just felt like stopping and buying a lottery ticket. And that just got me thinking about good moments like that. For some reason, that jumped a little thought into my head. Of when I was a young man, we used to always go on a family uh, vacation with my best friend's family, the Hamels. And we'd always go down to Orange Beach, Alabama, down there by Gulf Shores. Some of the best times I have with my buddy Evan is coming up with fake things to tell girls on the beach. (laughs) Keep in mind, we're probably around 10, 11 years old. Well, that's not fair. I'd say we were doing this when we were around 13, 14 and we get to the beach, man, and my, my parents would always get, like, a room real high up on, like, the 17th floor at Sea Chase. And, man, sometimes we'd be in the elevator. Sometimes we'd talk about it in the ride down. And he'd be like, dude, what are you going to tell, like, the girls? Like, what, like what's, what's going to be your name and where you're from? Because that's like, if y'all don't know, teenagers at the beach back in the day, you know, if you walked up on a nice set of ladies – the first thing would be like, hey, what's your name? And, you know, they'd be like, huh, Rachel or, you know, Sydney, whatever. And then the next thing that you would ask is, where are you from? And that was important. So I was always Levi from Texas. And I think Evan went by Ace. I'm not sure. <laughs> we would always be setting this stuff up. And, man, that was always so much fun. So you should always think back to what you told told the ladies when you were a young man on the beach and I was always Levi from Texas. I don't know why I did that. Staley from Tennessee sounds fine, but I would always be like, nah man. I don't want him to know my real name. <laughs> like there wasn't even social media back then. It didn't even matter. I mean I think Staley's a cool name. I don't know why I just didn't go with that. But for some reason I always had to jazz myself up from being from Texas. And I would always kind of talk like yeah, I'm from Texas. Like, I don't even know what Texans talk like. They probably, well, I was going to say they probably talk in Spanish now. I don't know. Did y'all ever do that? Did y'all ever tell ladies you were from somewhere else to seem cooler? We sure did. <clears throat> Another uh, work trip that I got involved in yesterday, I had to go to PetSmart on my lunch break to get some dog food for the doggies. And I was down in the uh, Purina Pro Plan aisle looking for the right hefty bag to get the pups. And there was a guy walking in front of me about five yards. And uh, I was sitting there minding my own business, price checking. And I realized I had just been dusted crop dusted I got freaking and uh, without even really knowing what was going on I kind of let out a boy 
and the guy kind of like did a little like look back like oh and we kind of made eye contact and he knew what he had just done to me and I mean my mouth was open and everything hadn't been crop dusted a while in a while in public but it definitely happened the other day and you know you just don't expect that in a pet smart there's literally doggy poop bags on every aisle because they're expecting dogs to crap on the floor so when you smell something funny in PetSmart, you're assuming that a dog just took a deuce on the floor. But you didn't you wouldn't think somebody was leaving that hot dust behind for you. But boy, people are still out there doing that in in the wild. I mean, I wanted to be like, dude, do you need to go check that? <laughs> I mean, do you need to check that? But hope everybody's staying safe out there. You know, it's a it's a dangerous situation. Anyways, onward. I just have a couple of questions for y'all before we get out of here today. And um, number one, what is your favorite gas station snack? I stopped in at Last Cassis Market the other day on the way home from work to treat myself. Picked up a couple of beers for the weekend, and I saw what I always like to see in a gas station is the um, the uh, pigskins, but the crunchy ones. They're uh, cracked pepper, cracked red pepper, pigskins, the little crunchy bites. And I got them, and I got a sugar-free Red Bull. And that was my gas station snack of the day. So, y'all think about that. Maybe on the way home from work today, treat yourself. You know what I mean? It's been a hard day. You worked hard. Stop at the gas station. Get your favorite gas station snack, whatever that might be. Might be Dagum Funyuns. Might be Doritos. Might be any of the sort. I don't know. A gas station snack might be a little can of tobacco. I don't know what you like. But uh, my next question is, if someone holds the door for you, when you're walking out or in and you're a little bit farther out than you would like to be, do you hit them with a slight jog and the wave? I do. If, if you can, I think it's polite to hit people with a slight jog, even just like a little, like, Oh, like a little show. I, I think people just want to see a little show of effort. You know what I mean? And if you're not in shape enough or, you know, you may, you may have a daggum knee problem, a hip problem. People got all kinds of problems. Maybe your feet hurt. I don't know. Tendinitis and you can't do the little slight jog, you just start talking real loud, you know. Some of these nice southern women do that when you start holding the door for them. Oh, thank you, honey, and they'll just start telling you about their cousin, you know. So what do y'all do? When, you, when you're walking on a crosswalk and the thing always changes back to do not walk way too fast, do you hit them with a the slight jog and you wave like, ha, hey, we all know this is kind of BS, right? Like these things change too quick. So we all know, and we're, we're, I'm just hitting them with a light jog in the wave. You know, if you have a baby with you, no jog necessary. And if you're over the age of 50, no jog necessary. But I don't know. What do you guys think? But uh, thanks, everybody, for um, listening today. I got some good guests lined up. I've been talking to some people, so we're gonna. I know I've been saying that. But uh, we've had a hectic... A hectic week with uh, with the baby being a little sick and some stuff like that. Been busy, y'all. It's summer. We're going hard. 
as should you. And uh, hope everybody's doing well. Like I said at the beginning of the show, the hitters of the day are um, earned it by Larry Fleet. Baby's got her blue jeans on by Mel McDaniel. And turn it up by Whiskey Myers. So, hey, y'all have a good time, and thank you for listening to the Hitters Only Podcast. <laughs>